You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjax.com. Very brave. Very brave of you. And stupid, actually, because I have the mic. How y'all doing? Good, good, good. It's been a really good time. I've never had anybody actually re- You don't even need me this morning. We could have just done that all morning. You could have just preached, stolen my picture, and my messages. So I'm learning more about who you are. Um, I see some new faces this morning. So just asking the Lord a bit. This is sort of, I guess, the conclusion of of us talking about the third person, the person of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like this morning, um, I want to talk about life uh, in the Holy Spirit. I want to actually uh, encourage you a bit this morning, uh, prophetically, if that's okay. Is that okay? Um, One of the things that happened yesterday, and those of you that, that missed it, we forgive you. And, um, but um, one of the things that, you know, that the Lord uh, was really doing, especially last night, uh, was this whole thing of what Antley was saying about God to us and then God through us and empowering us. God always empowers us, but it's always under something. It's always under purpose. And, and I feel like this morning I want to encourage you um, out of the book of Ezekiel, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Sort of an interesting book uh, to pick. Ezekiel is a, is a book of visions. It, it is a prophetic book. If you look over in chapter 43, there's this wonderful picture of, of this vision uh, that Ezekiel has uh, with the glory of God. And it's talking about the temple. It's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. He's given a, a vision of a, a river that that's springs forth from the throne of God. And how many know in the Old Testament, you know, the temple was a place... Uh, where people would visit. It would be a place where people would gather their family and everybody would come together and they would go and worship the Lord and they would get revelation from the Lord and they would you know, get the forgiveness that they need. And it would be like this sort of celebration altogether. But New Testament uh, means that we now become the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means you are the container for where God's Spirit dwells. And the picture that Ezekiel is having here, this vision that he's having, is he's having a picture of the temple. It's prophetic. It's what's coming. It's a picture of the temple of God. And so you as the church, if you're a believer, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So this is a picture. God always speaks to us individually, and he speaks to us corporately. So we have our walk with him individually, but then it's also corporately of, of other things that we have access to. And so this is a really a picture of both of those things taking place. And so in chapter 43, it talks about that he, he in the first couple of verses, it talks about that he's experiencing the glory of God. He's experience, experiencing all of these things in the temple. And then if you turn over to verse uh, chapter 47, this is a picture of the river from the temple. So if you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, this is a picture of you individually, of God's Spirit in you, and then God's Spirit through you. But then corporately, it's a picture of your church, and it's a picture of the church, and what's coming, and what God wants to do, and how God wants to breathe life on people. And so there's a picture, and just for the sake of time, I won't read everything, but apparently you put it up on the board so quick, right? Um, but this is a picture of, of what Ezekiel's seen. And in the first couple of verses, verse 3 and verse 4, it talks about this picture, this river that's coming. And he says the, the water began to come up. And, and in the water, there was this picture where, you know, some of it was ankle deep. Some would go in ankle deep. Some people would go in, you know, kind of waist deep. And very few would actually be immersed. And so this is a picture of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, he's a gift, 
He's the one that Jesus himself said, I'm going to leave him for you, and he's going to help you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to counsel you. But how many know we have a choice how much of God's spirit we want? You have a choice how much of God you want inside of you. So in Ezekiel here, you know, this is the encounter of God. God encountering us, it is for purpose, but it's also for transformation. Part of the purpose is for transformation. You know when you try to change something really hard and you can't change it and you just lose your mind? That's in our own power. God's kingdom power is transformation. It changes us from the inside out. That's the river flowing here. And so what happens? What, what happens when a river isn't flowing? Somehow, somewhere, something's stopping the river from flowing. And so this is a picture to you. This is a picture to you this morning. All of the things that you came in with, all of the things that you're living with, all of the burdens, all of the hardships, all of the pain, all of the suffering, all of the things that you've had that were good, all the things that were, have been hard. This is a picture of the things that we go through in this life that can oftentimes stop the flow of God in us. And if the, if the river of God isn't flowing in us, it's not flowing uh, through us. So the picture here about what Ezekiel is saying is that, listen, there's, there's a hunger that we need to have. You know, Psalms talks about that we're called to actually pant after the Lord. That's like, I, I'm so desperate. And sometimes it's the desperation that actually leads to the satisfaction. Sometimes we have to get to the end of ourselves. Isn't that true? We have to realize we can't do this in our own power. And I'll tell you this, you know, traditions won't work. Trying really hard won't work. It'll work for a little while, but you will never, ever be able to do everything in this life in your own power. Because God has set it up where we need him. And without him, we just don't do well. And so it's always twofold. It's always to us, and then it's through us. But it's up to us. And so you have to, you know, look at your life this morning. Look at, look at how God's spirit in your life. You may not know the Lord. This may be new to you. You know, I would just encourage you to listen. Those of you that maybe just visit church once in a while, and, and you just needed to come and encounter the Lord today, and those of you that have been really hungry, you know, for the Lord. The Lord knows where you're at this morning. And the great thing about who Jesus is, is that he knows exactly what you need, and he knows exactly what to give you. And so you want to ask yourself this morning, where am I in the river? Where am I in the river? Where's my family in the river? In verse 6, you know, Ezekiel's saying, do you see this? Do you see this picture? This is a picture of God's spirit in the temple and then through the temple. Do you see what's happening here? So there is a question to ask yourself, where am I in the river? You know, many times there's dryness and loss all around us, and we we don't even realize that we're thirsty. We don't even realize what we're missing. So the first thing is the river to us. The first thing is what Ezekiel is saying is, is this is what happens and why we need the river. And so let me read a bit of it, just to give you a context. Chapter 47 Let me see. He said to me, verse 8, he said to me, the water flows toward the eastern region that goes down to the Arabia where it enters the sea. And when it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. And swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. And there will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. This is a picture of God's spirit in your life. Where the river flows, there is life. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi, from El- uh, Elgum, 
Uh, there will be places spreading uh, nets. There will be many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. The leaves will not wither, nor will there be fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit. In other words, as a believer, you're actually meant to bear fruit 12 months out of the year. So again, it's a picture to us of how much God's spirit, because when God's spirit's in us and God's spirit through us, how many know fruit is present? You can't make fruit happen. What's fruit? Fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, all of those things that we love. You can't make that stuff happen. It's either happening or it's not. And so it's this thing of only by God's spirit that he produces those things in our life. He produces, you know, life that in turn produces the fruit. And then this promise, this le- their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because water from the sanctuary, which means from the temple, you now become the sanctuary, you now become the temple, flows to them and their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. That's what God's spirit does. That's what's coming in a greater power. That's what I believe. This is a picture of the church. This is the picture of God pouring his spirit out to us. And could it be that we only encounter parts of who God is because we've put, you know, barriers up to God's spirit? Could it be that we only taste parts of who God is because we are filled with so many different things that block him from encountering us? And I did say this the other night because the truth is when you ask God to come in and you ask God to fill you with the Spirit, He will invade every part of you. And He will invade parts of you that you didn't even know were there. And He will begin to show you things about yourself that you weren't even aware of. And the picture here that that Ezekiel's saying is, listen, there are people that are okay with just having a little bit. There will always be people around us. This is the way that it is. There will always be people around you that only want a little bit of God. There's another level of people that want a little bit more. They'll take a little bit more. But it's very few that just want to be immersed. And here, Ezekiel, when he gets immersed, it's the picture that of being all in. I'm all in. Like, Lord, I need your spirit in every part of who we are. And so what we need to know this morning is we need to know that God is so good to us that God begins to reveal things to us that actually block more of him. How many know lots of people are okay to live in mud? You know, it takes a lot of courage to get out of slavery. It takes a lot of courage to get out of something that you feel like you can't move in. Do you know that all through the Gospels, where it talks about Jesus going and ministering to people, there's this word all through the Gospels and all through Isaiah, and it's the word oppression. And when Jesus said that he came, what did he do? He broke off the oppression. You know, the word oppression translated actually means the ability where I cannot even move. I am so weighed down. I have so much on me, I can't even move. And here Jesus comes, and in his kindness, and in his goodness, and in his generosity, he breaks off the oppression where you can get out of the mud. That's how good God is. You will never be able to get out of the mud on your own. And this is a picture that you have to make a choice, that you want to live in your full inheritance. You want to live in the full picture of what Ezekiel is saying. You know, one of the frustrations for me as a pastor is that so many people live below their birthright. It's like God has this whole thing for you, and we only take bits and parts. And we take other things. 
And like I said, if, you're, if you have any part of your heart that's not filled with the Spirit, that means it's filled with other stuff. And we settle for this stuff that, that actually blocks more of Him, when in reality what we need is Him. It's the very thing that we need for life. And your experience of God will never go bigger than your expectation. You know, the Lord, years ago, I was in this season, many years ago, and I was just complaining about church. You ever been in a season like that? Don't look at your pastor. But you just, I mean, honestly, you can get the gift of complaining. It's a gift. Some people have it. And I had it for a season, and I just was just having a really hard time about all kinds of things, and I felt like the Lord said to me really clear. He said, I want you to change your expectation of me. And how I want you to change is I want you to go into church and I want you to look for people to bless. And I want you to expect me to move. And I was like, well, I was so not even in the mindset. I was so about me and what was not happening for me and what I was frustrated with. And it took me a while and I began to, you know, go into the church and I began to say, okay, Lord, who do you want me to bless this morning? Who do you want me to encourage this morning? What are you going to do this morning? And all of a sudden, one of the things that began to happen to me is I began to change. I mean, the people I was ministering to, yeah, they, things happened to them, great encouragement, all that kind of stuff. But I changed. And I realized lots of things we don't get because we don't expect it. We don't expect God to come. We expect somebody else to do it. We expect somebody else to live our life or, or our walk with the Lord. And the truth is, we don't get much because we don't expect much. I mean, how much expectation do you have for God to move on your life? Do you have expectation? <laughs> yeah. So the same person that should have preached for me yesterday. Yeah. Because the truth is, how much expectation you have, that's what you're going to be looking for. Did you come here this morning thinking, I expect God to move. I expect God to lift stuff off me. I expect God to meet my family. I expect God to answer my prayers. I expect to meet God today. Because there is a posture that we have that when we get before the Lord of his spirit coming, I expect you to move. Therefore, I open myself up to you. I don't want any of these other blocks, you know, uh, making sure that doesn't happen, so to speak. It is a posture of expectation. So if the, if the vision here, if the promise here is this huge invitation, I believe God's always initiating invitations. That's what's happening this morning to you. God's initiating an invitation. And many times we ignore the invitation. And many times we just kind of put it on the table or, or, you know, open up when we want to. God's always initiating invitations. And he's initiating invitation. He did it with us this weekend. He's doing it with us this morning. But if this is the invitation where he's saying, I want you all in. I want every part of who you are in my, in my spirit. I want every part of what you're meant to be in me. If that's the invitation, why do we stay the way we are? Why do we allow other things, you know, to fill us out? Why would, fill us up? Why would we expect to never be free? Why would we expect God to never meet our family? Why would we expect things to never change? Why would we expect, you know, for sickness to have more power than Jesus? I mean, why would we expect these things if this is the promise that it's always more than enough? I mean, the real question, what comes first, the dirt or the river? What comes first? And so much of the time, we get so focused on the mud and the dirt that we miss the river. We get so focused on what we're stuck in that we forget that God is bigger than all of it. And the truth is, if God's not bigger than us, we're in big trouble. God is always bigger than what you're facing. 
That's just the way it is. And a problem is never a problem to the Lord because he's always the answer. And we get caught up in all of these things and we get focused on the stuff that we're stuck in. And then we get shameful and we get to the place where we feel like we can't show our face and we get, you know, kind of weighed down by the stuff of this world. Forgetting that God's spirit comes and what he does is he gets rid of all that stuff. Stop focusing on what's not right about you and start looking to God. Too much of the time we react because of what the devil does instead of responding to the presence of Jesus Christ. You live by the presence the Lord will take care of the enemy. Amen. It's like, you know, when you go through a season, you feel like you really need to change an area of your life and you just can't do it. And the harder you try, the worse you get. Isn't that true? This group feels like that. <laughs> That's the truth. The truth is, if you try to, you know, stop something and you just kind of make the decision, I know I'm not supposed to do this, I need to not do this, and we try to do it in our own strength and our own power and all that kind of stuff, it's just crazy. So God's promise to us is his river coming in, his spirit coming in and removing and washing all that dirt away to where we can experience more of him. I think I said this, I might have said this yesterday, I don't know. But everything that's precious is found around dirt. Pearls, treasure, gold, I can go on and on. It's found around dirt. And so much of the time we miss treasure because we get stuck on the dirt. For ourselves and for the people around us. Isn't that true? So it's to us, and it's making the choice, and it's accepting the invitation. It's accepting the water of of life that Jesus offers to us. In John chapter 4, John chapter 7, Jesus gives this great picture of this water that he's talking about. It's this whole picture of the woman at the well, this woman that was living with the man. She was known for all of her sexual sin and living with man after man after man. I mean, all of this stuff. And here comes, you know, the unannounced Jesus. Here comes the non-threatening, loving Jesus. And he encounters her, and she's drawing some water, and he tells her, listen, woman, my my husband loves that. (laughs) I can give you a water that you'll never thirst again. All this other stuff that you filled yourself up with, all of these men, all of this lifestyle, I can give you something that will quench that need in you that you've never experienced before. And then in in chapter 7, he says, listen, if any of you, I love this because it says, if anyone, that means anyone. If anyone is thirsty, you got to come to me. That's what Jesus says. You thirsty, you come to me because I can actually fulfill that need in you. And in that place, streams of living water, this is what it looks like. Streams of that river, streams of living water will come out of us. That's the power of God in us. It's the only thing that satisfies And you can search and you can search and you can search and you can try all kinds of different things. But I'm telling you, it is only the Spirit of God that satisfies. And it will only be the the Spirit of God that will satisfy. And many times it takes us a long time to get there. Isn't that true? The words of Jesus are never selective. Some of you need to hear that this morning. The words of Jesus are never selective. They're always all-inclusive. This is for all of us. This is what we all have access to. It's for all of us that Jesus says, I have all of this fresh water. Are you thirsty? And I think the real question is, are we thirsty enough? Or we, we get satisfied with just little bits or leftovers, so to speak. And what Jesus is saying is that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter the mistakes you made. It doesn't, none of that matters. What matters is I'm bigger than all of it. And my spirit can, you know, remove everything that hinders 
you from having more. That's our relationship with God is the more that we have with him and in him and by him and see him, our faith begins to grow. That's how faith grows. The more that we encounter him, the more that we see him. Faith is a process. Faith is a journey. When my husband and I got married about 25 years ago, um, you know, the things, I look back and I think, the things that we had to trust the Lord for compared to then and now is there's no comparison. Is it not the way the Lord works? Like, if I had to trust the Lord 25 years ago for what I have to trust the Lord for now, it would have killed me. It would have been too much for me. This is a journey. In other words, what Jesus is saying is he knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly where you're at, and he knows exactly what you need, and he knows what's too much. Because God never gives us more than we can handle. And he knows what you can say yes to and what you struggle with. And do you realize that it doesn't bother him? Do you realize it doesn't scare him? Do you realize sin doesn't actually scare Jesus? He overcame it. It doesn't frighten him. It doesn't scare him. He has power over it. And sometimes that mud stuff on us tends to separate us from the more of what we have. This is a journey. God knows where you're at today. So it's an invitation, the invitation to come into the river, all who are thirsty. What does the river do when it invades? What does water do when it, when it comes in great power? It begins to wash everything away. Have you ever had that experience with the Lord before? Have you ever had that experience with the Lord? Where his power comes in, his presence comes in, and then all the sudden things that you were carrying begin to get washed away. All of the things that you were carrying this morning, is it not in worship where the Lord begins to break all that stuff off of you? I mean, why are you here? Because you need to encounter him, right? You need a spirit. You need to know something's bigger than yourself. And it's in that place of worship that he begins to wash things off of us. But what the river does is it disrupts everything in its path. And sometimes when God's presence comes, the disruption has to happen before it can flow through us in the right way. In other words, he'll disrupt parts of your life. Sometimes it feels like a mess, doesn't it? Sometimes it feels like, how am I going to do this? Sometimes God's spirit will come in, it will feel overwhelming. Sometimes it'll be like, I can't say yes to God for that, because if I say yes to that, then what's going to happen over here? And sometimes it feels like when we want to say yes to the Lord, it's going to disrupt our life. And Jesus says, yes, it will. <laughs> See, he's not a car salesman. I mean, he's very honest with us what this is going to cost us. He said, you want to say yes to me? This is going to cost you everything. You're going to lose some family. You're going to lose some friends. People are going to misunderstand you. People aren't going to get what you're doing. If you want to say yes to Jesus, there's a, there's a price tag on it. There's a cost to it. Jesus himself said it. But with the disruption gets what? We get what? More of his presence. We get more of the river flowing through us. And this is the promise of what Jesus has for us, is after the river removes stuff, it replaces it gives us more than we ever had before. It's where we find the blessing. What, what's happening here is the blessing. What the promise here that Ezekiel is saying is that after the river comes from the temple, from the sanctuary, from the inner place, it's always the inner place in us. From that, you know, blessing, we then become a blessing. We're blessed to bless. That's us in the church. We're blessed to bless. And it is this whole thing of giving everything away. Jeremiah 17, 7 says this, Blessed is the man... 
that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by water, spread out of roots by the river, and shall not see when the heat come. But her leaf will be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. It's the same thing in Psalm chapter 1, where he talks about blessed is the man, you know, that, that's firmly planted by the water. What's the water again? It's the river, that your roots go deep and that no matter what comes in life, you're firmly planted. That's the blessing. The blessing is you don't have to fear death. The blessing is you don't have to fear disease. The blessing is you can have peace to sleep at night. The blessing is you get to tell other people they can have peace. The blessing is you don't have to walk around and fear your future. It's blessing after blessing after blessing, promise after promise after promise. When God says it, it is. There's over 7,000 it is in the Bible for you, for you to be reminded that this is where the blessing is, but it's the blessing that has to flow through us. If it's not flowing through us, then it becomes blocked. And when it becomes blocked, then it breeds disease. And the picture here actually in Ezekiel is the water when it's flowing from the temple, it's going down into the Dead Sea. Why is the Dead Sea the Dead Sea? Because there's no fresh, you know, there's no life in it. There's no animals. Why? Because there's no outlet. We're an inlet to be an outlet. And if all you do is take for yourself your entire life, you will dry up. You will think that you'll have more than enough, but the truth is you will die because you're made to be an inlet to be an outlet. And it's actually being the outlet that that promises life, that we have fruit 12 months out of the year, that everything the river touches, this is the picture of it going down into the city, everything that the river touches, every place, every dry area, every dry heart, every dry soul, every dry person, everything that the river touches, there's life. Every place where God's spirit dwells, there's life. That's the picture. And I love this other promise in here because it talks about that it's not just, you know, the thing of bearing fruit, but the leaves. And the leaves do what? They bring healing. How many need healing this morning? That's God's spirit. God's spirit comes and heals us and restores us. The spirit who satisfies The spirit who empowers, the spirit who equips us, the spirit who reminds us, the spirit who counsels us, the spirit who guides us, the spirit who satisfies us, the spirit who sends. You are sent. Do you know that? That God has placed people around you to be sent to. So this is a wonderful picture. It's a prophetic picture of what I believe is coming even in more power in the church. That God wants to pour his spirit out on us, but it must go through us. It has to go through us or we will not, it won't work. Because the way that God has set it up is you've got to give everything away. You've got to give everything away. You've got to be quick to give it away. You can't think about it, you've got to give it away. You can't think about people rejecting you. You can't think about what's not going to work. You can't think about people not getting healed. You just have to give it away. You do your part, he'll do his. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand this morning? You can read through that later to see more of that. One of the things that I love about this word about leaves of healing is the word healing there actually translated means medicine. And it's the same word actually in Psalm chapter 1 where it talks about being planted and that God will feed us and we meditate on the words of the Lord. Do you realize that that word meditate actually comes from the word medicate as well? 
And how many know if you don't meditate or medicate on the wrong thing, right things, you'll medicate on the wrong ones? So what I want to do this morning, I know some of you are, are new, but I just want to pray God's word over your heart. Is that okay? Because the enemy says that he comes in and, you know, the Lord speaks to us and he encourages us in a way. And the enemy comes in, you know, and just steals what God has planted. That's why you can forget what happened this morning. That's how the enemy operates. So I like to just pray and seal God's word over. So put your hand over your heart. If you're new here this morning, this isn't going to hurt you. If you've been here forever, it is not going to hurt you. Just going to pray together. Bless God's word over you. You need to seal it over your heart. You need to seal it over your spirit. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for being with us today. We thank you, Lord, that as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, that King of glory would come and be with us. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you'd seal the truth, Lord, how you love us, how you for us, Lord, how you've destined, uh, Lord, for us to be carriers of your presence. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you have made a promise, Lord, to pour out your spirit in even greater ways. Lord, that we don't have to fear, Lord, that there's not enough. Lord, I thank you for the promise, Lord. I thank you for the promise that you've given to us. Lord, that if we surrender to you and allow you to remove those things in us, Lord, that we get more of you. I thank you, Lord, that it's the promise of, Lord, more of your spirit washes us clean, washes all that mud off of us, washes all of those things that we block our heart, Lord, from having more of you. I pray, Lord, that this morning you just seal the truth, Lord, that it's your desire to do that for us. I just want to wait a minute. You know, it's important that when we get together that we are saying, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? And how do you want to encourage us today? So I just want to ask the Lord that for a minute. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you how much you love us today. How you're for us. I'm going to pray this verse over you. It's in Isaiah 44. It says this, I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Lord, seal that over us this morning. Seal that over us, Jesus. The worship team can come on up here. Now, I know that, that um, you know, every one of us in this room have different struggles. I know every one of us in this room have different things that prevent God from moving and more power in our lives. And I just feel like, you know, for us this morning, as we begin to worship, just to to go before the Lord and see if there's anything that we're stuck in. Some of you have just, you know, only taken a little bit of the Lord, and the Lord is saying, I want to give you more. And you've never gotten to the place where you just said, I want as much as I can have. And the Lord's saying that to you today. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah. So let's do that. I want to just worship. There's something about worship, too, that when we come before the Lord, 
and we begin to worship him, it's that whole you know, thing of, of recognizing that he's the king and things kind of falling off of us. So as they begin to worship, those of you that need prayer for any of those things that I said, just come on down here this morning. Let's minister to you this morning. Those of you that feel, I know there's some of you that feel like you're in mud. You feel under oppression this morning. And we need to minister to you. You know, all of us have times in our lives where we need to have people come alongside us and minister to us. Isn't that true? You need to be encouraged. You need to have people to come around you and speak life to you and all those good things. Come on down here. Let's pray for you this morning. Also, those of you that just feel like you just haven't experienced more of the Lord and you're not sure why, come down and get ministry this morning.